Hey, you guys, welcome to the Main and Magic Podcast, your stop for all things Disney. I'm your host, Dawn Brown, and this is episode 47. Whether you're adventuring in the parks or at home via Disney Entertainment, I'm here to bring you the guests and info that'll pixie dust your experience, and we're picking up lots of new friends along the way. You can catch the links to our audio recordings on our website at mainandmagic.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Just search for the Main and Magic podcast. After the show, we invite you to join our community on Facebook to share your thoughts about each topic and to connect with other Disney fans. In this episode, Katie and I discuss the top five Disney roles we'd like to follow for a day. If you could follow someone from any profession under the Disney umbrella, what would you pick and what would you want to know about that role? With so many career options spanning the company, we share our picks and our reasoning behind our choices. So join us on the Red Car Trolley as we take a ride to the crossroads of Maine and Magic. Welcome aboard, everybody. Come on in, grab a seat. We have a fun ride for you today. I have Katie joining me. Hello, Katie. Hello, Dawn. Hello, everybody. We are going to be talking about the top five roles that we would like to follow for a day. And we decided that this was going to be anything under the Disney umbrella. So anything that is parks related or movies related or books or music or you know abc espn all of that stuff anything under the disney umbrella because there are so many different kinds of jobs encompassed within the company and honestly i don't know about you katie but four of the five that i have on my list are all from the parks (laughs) Uh, I got two that are not. I mean, one, one's kind of iffy. One is definitely not in the parks. Okay. Okay. So I, I don't, I think just because as far as like the Disney brand goes, I'm all in on the parks like I just like the park history and the park architecture and the art and all of that stuff and that's like when I think of Disney my brain goes to the parks first before it goes anywhere else but I know you know there's other people out there when you you say Disney they might think of the movies first or you know they might think of Marvel especially like younger kids now coming up that you know Marvel is very Disney related whereas for us it's like kind of new even though even though they've been there for a decade it still feels kind of new that they're part of Disney but right so I thought this would be a fun topic because I'm sure you've experienced this too where someone's you know you're having a conversation with someone and they say oh I would love to work for Disney but you know I don't know what I could do for them and like literally anything like I think maybe the only things I can think of are like I don't think they have any astronauts working for them 
that we know and, of. And yeah, <laughs> and I, I don't know that they have any like nuclear engineers working for them, but you know, lawyers, doctors, nurses, agriculture, horticulture, weddings, like literally everything you could think of. However, they did hire, they did use NASA to help create mission space. Yes. So yep. technically, they may now be Disney employee cast members. <laughs> <laughs> At least Disney consultants. So there you see, right. so you could go into some other profession and then be a consultant. So, right. But yeah, like even just within Imagineering, you have lighting technicians and painters and sculptors and I mean it's pretty crazy how many different professions and different kind of jobs that they have available under their umbrella so we thought this would be fun because it kind of gets you thinking and then when you are consuming their content that they make either on tv or social media or actually out in the world like at the parks and hotels, you can start to think about all of the different people that you come into contact with. And that's kind of where I started because I started at the parks. It's like, you know, there's the guy that drives the monorail that gets you to the park. And then, you know, there's a guy that drives the train and there's an engineer for the train and there's maintenance guys when the rides break down and there's people that put you on the rides and there's people that serve you food and there's people that make the food and there's, so many different things. So my father-in-law wants to be a boat driver, not a bus. I mean, not a monorail. He wants to drive the boats. He wants to be the the captain. Like the ferry boats or yeah. like the friendship boats? The friendship boats. I mean, those are kind of the best ones because you can interact with the people right. on the boat. <laughs> yes. So we've had some really good friendship boat drivers during our trip. Yes, we like, have two. We've had one that he like gives us Disney jokes and Disney trivia the whole time. Yes. It reminds me of some of the bus drivers. We we used to have a lot of bus drivers that were mm-hmm. like that too. Like they would just like spout off random right. facts and tell you Disney jokes and dad jokes and all that kind of stuff. When we went in 2020, we had only heard about the singing singing bus driver. It was this female, and she sang the whole, like, everyone gets on the bus, she turns the microphone on, and she just sings Disney songs the entire time. We had only heard about her. And we were when we were at Fort, uh, Fort Wilderness in the cabins, we had gotten on the bus, and wouldn't you know it, we didn't know what she looked like, but closes the doors, microphone goes on, and she sings the whole time. We're like, we got her! <laughs> it's kind of exciting, but, like, that's, I love that. Yes, because I also saw on social media one time that there was a boat driver, one of the friendship boat drivers, was, or I don't know if it was a friendship boat or the launch boat, like one of the launch boats from like Contemporary, but they had a driver. It was a woman that was singing. Like, I was like, why is this lady not in the Beauty and the Beast live on stage show? <laughs> like, right? She had such a good voice, but... Yeah, so there's so many different, like, specialties, so. Yeah. Okay, do you want to start us off with your 
in, in no particular order. We won't make it impossible. Okay. Well, I'm going to start in the, I'm going to, I'm going to start at, I guess, kind of the beginning um, of what a Disney career might look like. I want to follow a personal recruiter outside the park. It's my only outside the park one, but I want to see like what they look like, not what they look like, what they're looking for, you know, like why do they think that this person is good for it? Or what do they see in that person that sets them apart from everyone else that might be a great friendship boat driver? Like, how do they designate these roles? Because yes, people do apply for certain things and then have to go through auditions. But there are people out there that, I mean, look at Disney College Program when they have recruiters and they do the interviews. They're looking for specific things. So I want to follow them and see what they're actually looking for and potentially put a bug in their ear and say, really, really, that person? (laughs) (laughs) they don't have the disney magic (laughs) but i yeah i i would just love to see like look at their notes and see what they're looking at to try and and hire what they're looking for when they hire somebody and the whole process behind it yeah because there's different levels to that right like there's Mm -hmm. like we had just like a a regular recruiter so for some of the more like basic jobs, like quick service food and beverage, or yeah, even like a server at a restaurant that's you know not Victorian Alberts, but just like you know Liberty Tree Tavern or ride operators and things like that. Those are pretty like entry level positions. So those recruiters can hire for all of those positions, versus right. like somebody who is trying to get a job as a pastry chef or, you know, they're going to talk to somebody's very specific, like that, the person, once they get past that first recruiter, there's like other levels to their interviews and things like that, like portfolio reviews in a lot of cases. So yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah. I would be curious to ask them questions. Like, I feel like I know basically what they're, looking for because like any company like they want to know what you're going to do for them like they know you're coming in and you have expectations like you are hoping that this is going to get you somewhere but yes but then I look too like especially like past visits or recent visits I should say I mean I can remember my college program interview and a one of the questions I was asked in my interview was if the only position we can give you is janitorial, would you still accept the college program role? And of course my answer is yes. I mean, absolutely. People who are janitorial are the, they are best customer service, skilled cast members that are out there. They interact with the most guests every day they keep the parks clean, like their front line, if you will. But I absolutely said yes. I would love if I, if that's all you can give me, if that's all you think that I can do, fine. But I still get to put Disney on my resume. But then I look at 
these recent visits and some cast members that I've interacted with are seeing stories about things not to put anyone down, but like, you know, oh, I don't know the answer to your question. That's not what we were taught. It was always. No. Yeah. Let me find out for let you. Let me get an answer for you. And, you know, is that a generational thing where things have changed now? Possibly, probably. But why is that? What has happened over the years that the recruiters are seeing not looking for that top notch? Do you know what I mean? So I totally know what you mean. Yep. But yes, would love to follow a recruiter for a day and definitely give them my two cents. Good choice. Thank you. That totally was not on my radar at all. Like <laughs> the hiring department was not on my radar. But yeah, especially, yeah, like you said, I, I didn't get asked that question, but I got asked, is there any role that you don't want? I can't think of, I, I'm pretty sure I would not have said no. Like I'll take, you know, I would have taken anything. It's it's kind of the same question asked differently, right? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, do I want to clean toilets every day? Absolutely not. Like, people are disgusting. They have no respect. <laughs> I absolutely don't want to do that. But if that means that I get to roam the parks and then I get to stay in the park when it closes and I get to, like, do, I, absolutely I'll take that job. So mental yeah. note for any of you people listening that are thinking of joining the college program when that question gets asked. The answer is yes. You will do janitorial because that job is, <laughs> it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. And it is a very respectable job. I also got asked, what would you do if you found a lost child? Oh. Which, yeah, that was, I, <laughs> I didn't get asked You know, that. and it's like, asked to be, you know, like on my second college program or my my professional internship, I could have answered that very easily, but I, so I, I'm pretty sure I was just like, I would stay with the kid until we found his mom. <laughs> um, but there's going to be like the, what is your strengths and what are your weaknesses? You know, like the general interview questions, but then there's always, Hey, when you had your interview for your college program, did you have it by yourself or was it a group interview? I had a group interview. I think there were six other people in the room. Yeah, we had that too. So bizarre. Yeah, I, very much. Like about being put on the spot and right. just feeling like the spotlight is on you because it's. But yeah. I, I think that's part of the thing too. I think it's efficiency, but I think it's also a way for them to see how you react to things when yes. there's other people around. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely weird. I mean, I, I was going, I grew up going to private schools, like K through 12. I went to a local private college. I mean, I, the, where I had to go for my interview was one of the SUNY schools. Like I went to SUNY Buff State for my interview. So here's all these Buff State, you know, out of state people and, people that are dorming at the college. And here I am, like, I've maybe been to Pittsburgh twice by myself without my parents at this point at 19 years old. And like, here I am in the room with all these professional, 
I could be away from my mommy and daddy kind of thing. <laughs> so it was def- it was definitely intimidating, but obviously I did and said something right. Yeah, it was. I, I've never had an interview before that that was like that no. or one since. <laughs> no. Super off-putting and just like, oh, wow. Okay. So you want me to do this interview during an earthquake? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Wow. I would have never thought of that. <laughs> okay. I'm going to start out with something that is very uh, professionally adjacent to exactly the thing that I do now, which is I would love to follow one of the um, pastry chefs from the wedding cakes team and watch them build wedding cakes because I have like my very first job was working in an event venue. And so we had a lot of weddings there. And my, one of my jobs was to cut up the wedding cake after like the couple did their first, you know, cut out their first piece or whatever. I had to go and like, cut the cake into little pieces and hand it out to the guests. So I know generally how a wedding cake is constructed. There's like wood pillars in each layer and all this stuff. Like I've deconstructed a wedding cake, but I'm still like, (laughs) I'm still fascinated that you can make cake go that high. Like I don't understand what the physics is involved with that (laughs) because at a cake is heavy right especially when you start putting fondant and all that stuff on it but I just I want to see them do it in front of me like and you know this is one of those things too when I'm scrolling social media and I see like the time lapses of someone building a cake or decorating a cake I could watch that for hours Yes. I'm just like so fascinated by it. And then like transporting it too. Like I still, I can't, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like, if I turned the corner going idle speed, I would somehow destroy it, but they can like drive down the highway and it doesn't topple over. And I know a lot of them, they, they do build it in pieces and then they put it all together when they arrive at the location. Like I've seen that happen before, but yeah, I am just like fascinated. I'm fascinated with the way that they stack them, like build up the actual cake layers. I'm fascinated with the way they put the, like roll out the fondant and the buttercream and all of that stuff. And like all the different shapes and things that they can make and like, how they mix the colors and just like all of that stuff. I'm it's like a, it's an art form. And I just like, I want to see them build cakes. So that was, I know that's like kind of lame because I could probably ask one of my friends to like, let me watch them build a cake one day. But I, the ones at Disney, like, have you seen the video? I'll have to try to find it and put it in the show notes of the cake artist building the cake that was in sleeping beauty that the fairies made for her. And it was like toppling over and they were like using the broom to hold it up. Oh my gosh. It is insane. And I'm like, again, how, how do you build that? And she, she 
there's like a metal pipe or something and she just keeps sliding the cake the new cake layers on top of it and the broom was made out of like rice crispy treats oh that's <laughs> covered with font like brown fondant to make it look like a broom just blows my mind that you can build that out of cake and i'm sure you've seen the is it cake <laughs> The is it yes. cake videos? I have seen those. <laughs> Every time I think I know, no, that's not cake. It's like, no, that's cake. <laughs> yeah. Well, and two the other thing is like where they get their inspiration for some of the ideas. Like I know obviously as the bride and groom, like they come in saying, I want this. But how, you know, how do they get those ideas for some of this stuff? Yeah. It just blows my mind. Yeah. So that's my first one. <laughs> that's a good one. That's that's unique. What's your what's your next one? Okay, so I only got this idea from watching this guy who was Machina I will not we will not add it to the show notes, but I wanna follow Tinkerbell that flies. I wanna be friends with Tinkerbell oh. that flies. But I wanna follow her. Granted, she flies for 30 seconds. <laughs> she works for 20 minutes. She gets paid for eight hours. But how does she prepare? How does she, like, what does she have to do in the week to get ready? What, I mean, she's obviously fit because she's not holding on to the cable line, you know? But I, what's the rush that she gets doing it? And and so the, the other reason I looked at it is... That's my favorite part of the Magic Kingdom fireworks. Obviously, all the fireworks are awesome. The whole show, all of it. But when Tinkerbell flies, it hits me in the gut. It's my favorite part. And I looked at it from the point of view of if I get that feeling, she has to have that feeling knowing that she's giving people that feeling of, oh, my God. Like, I would just love to follow her for a day. Get in her mind, that if you will. Is so, like, quirky and specific. It's so <laughs> Wow, I would have never thought of that. <laughs> wow, we, we went very, we went crazy directions with this. This is awesome. <laughs> that is my, that's my most unique one. And honestly, the only reason I, I thought of it was watching this one guy, like, again, he was spilling the tea, and he says at the beginning, like, if you don't want to ruin the magic, don't watch this, scroll on by. But I wanted to know. I mean, it. I think it's cool. So there is this really awesome episode of... Oh, God, I forgot the podcast right now. It's like the Disney History Institute, or I'll have to find it. Anyway, he does like an entire episode on Tiny Klein, who was the first flying Tinkerbell. Mm -hmm. So I will have to put that in the show notes. It's super fascinating. Like this woman was a circus performer, and she was like, in her 70s when she started flying as Tinkerbell she was sort of 
personally recruited by Walt. Like he had seen her do her act a few times elsewhere. And just like she, she brought her own apparatus with her and she, you know, checked the line herself and it's so interesting. So I, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, Katie, you should definitely listen to it. Cause it's so interesting. I will. But yeah, that is so weirdly specific. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> now, would I be That's able awesome. to, would I be able to do that job every night? hundred percent. I mean, I'd probably get used to it after a while, but absolutely not. <laughs> it would scare the bejesus out of me. So but, when you're doing this in, in Costa Rica, just pretend you're Tinkerbell. I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> totally am. It's the only way I'm getting down that line. <laughs> Think happy thoughts, girl. Think happy thoughts. <laughs> I'm going to have my ear pot in and pull, uh, play um, Happily Ever After in the background. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yes. That's super funny. (laughs) Okay, well, I'll kind of stick in the same sort of area as your flying Tinkerbell. And my next one is, I want to follow the pyrotechnics guys. What's on my list? Is it? (laughs) Wow, that is not the one that I thought that we would have be the same. That is so funny. Okay. I put it as a little bit more broader as like, Yes, the pyrotechnics, but, like, all the nighttime shows. But go ahead. Yeah, that's pretty much me, too. Like, I I just all the nighttime shows, which, I mean, really, there's only two now. Because, yes. well, are they doing fireworks at the studios again yet? No. So what they're doing is the... Um, projection Yeah, things. it's just a projection about animation show. Okay. Yeah, I... Yeah, I want to follow the pyrotechnics guys because I want to see how everything is wired up and how they, I would love to see how they design it even in the first place. And yeah, I guess all of mine are just me following a guy around asking him a million questions and being super annoying. (laughs) But I think I'm more fascinated with the one at Epcot with Harmonious, well, in, um, oh gosh, what was the one before Harmonious? Illuminations. Yeah, that's right. Because there's, yeah, I would have been most interested to see the pyrotechnics and everything with Illuminations because there was moving pieces too. Yeah. This Harmonious doesn't have... I mean, I know those those like wing things can flip up and down with the water. Right. But yeah, I just think and because I would also like no, be curious to know like the laws and how they determine yeah, I just want to see like how is it wired up? How do you prepare right. for this? How do you know what to order? How do you design it? How do you what do you do if there's a malfunction and something doesn't set off when it's supposed to? And, you know, not a disastrous malfunction, but like electronics fail. So do you have to set it off manually? And where exactly are these being set off from? It, yeah. And it, too, 
oh, there's pyrotechnics in uh, Fantasmic. Yes. So that would be really cool to see, too, because that is pyrotechnics that's happening in the vicinity of performers versus Harmonious and uh, Enchantment are just happening over there. And there aren't, you know, it's so that there's like the differences between doing them around performers and versus just as a show for a very you know where it's set back away from people right right so yes yeah mine's very broad but do you have anything specific you want to talk about for pyrotechnics (laughs) no just just the whole like nighttime coordinator i mean even for enchantment or like when happily ever after was going on um in the turrets i believe it's called right turrets yeah where somebody's sitting in there and watching it and just to be able to sit sit in there and watch it and like what are you watching for you know what do they just because there are no show there's no there's no live performers like you said there's no live performers like in phantasmic so it's just something showing on the screen so what are what are you watching for what are you keeping an eye on like are you making sure that the music is at the right spot. Do you, what happens if it's not? What, just, yeah. Just to see what they have to actually do. Yeah, because they have to sync up with lighting. Yes. Sound. Yeah, there's there's a lot to it. It's a whole, it's a whole engineering feat. Right. For sure. Yes. But yeah, I would, I would love to follow those guys around. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. Well, that was both of ours, but you can go next with your next one. Um, I want to follow the animal keepers, obviously, or the vets, I guess same, but I want to, want to see what they do in a day. I mean, I know you could go to a zoo and be a zookeeper for a day, but I mean, it's not animal kingdom. Like, I want to see their interaction with the animals. I want to see how they what do they do on a daily basis that they train these animals? Because, I mean, they're not trained. They're not circus animals, you know, but they do have to do certain things to get them to agree to the blood draws or, you know, go into their pens at night if they wanted to or how they take care of them and how they interact with them. I want to follow them. I think it would be so cool. Specifically, if I'm being specific, I would love to be with the gorillas. I would really? Love, oh, yeah. Oh, I've had it. Or, or any of the primates, to be honest. But I've always loved monkeys. I've always loved gorillas. That I, I want to be in there. I want to. I want to hold one of the baby gorillas or any of the baby monkeys, or any of the monkeys. I want to hold them. I want to interact with them. I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. I just want to see what they do in a day with these animals. Because it's not like being at... It's not like being at home with your dogs. It's not like being at home with a rabbit. These are wild animals. That you're stepping foot into their territory, basically. So... Yeah, I want to follow the animal keepers. Any of them. (laughs) (laughs) 
We all cool. know my love for Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom. <laughs> I think a lot of people would agree with that or have that same feeling. And the other thing, too, is like, that's the whole premise of Animal Kingdom. That's when it first started is not a zoo. And it's not a zoo at all. So what are they doing that is different than a zoo? If it's not a zoo, what are we doing that's different than a zoo? What do they do on a daily basis, right? They definitely are significantly more hands off. Yes. I mean, they're accredited by the um, the AZA. So there's certain things that they have to do in order to maintain that accreditation. In fact, my internship was one of those things like you have to have forward-facing guest education so that I mean that was what my job was but yeah they don't it's like you said it's not a zoo so they're not going in the pens and like picking up the anteater and being like oh you're so cute I love you so much and petting them and nudging you know they're they're going in they're doing what they need to do and they're getting out so it's they're not treating them like pets or right. things like that. So everything is very much about conditioning them. You know, like you said, training them to walk into the barn in a certain way so that they can get their hoof trimmed or their teeth looked at. Yeah. That's training, but there's also like conditioning that they do like, you know, part of that's like the light on the safari at night so that it looks like perpetual sunset. And so they don't get anxious, you know, those kinds of things. So that's a good one. I know. I'm sure a lot of people would echo that as well. Mm -hmm. People just have a fascination with animals. Listen, if anyone has an in with any type of primate whatsoever, please call me. <laughs> My phone number is. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I mean, you know, there's always, especially for like county fairs and things, they always have like those traveling animals or whatever, which. I hate those. I know. Me too. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I did pay the $5 the one day to hold a spider monkey and take a picture with it because that like. It was a monkey. It was the <laughs> only time I was ever going to get to hold a monkey. And I didn't even get to do anything. It just sat on my lap. It was dumb. But I would love. I touched I it wanted. though. <laughs> I did touch it. But I would love to. Anyone know anybody? Please give me a call. <laughs> it's on my bucket list. What's your next one? Well, I guess I'll kind of stay in the in the land of nature and say that my next one is i would love to follow someone from horticulture that'd be fun whether it's a gardener they they you know within horticulture there's like a bunch of different roles like they have gardeners arborists uh irrigation uh like specialists and people that do pest management so i i could follow any of those just someone in horticulture because to me and i i don't 
think that I ever really appreciated that horticulture was a huge part of the parks until I worked at Animal Kingdom and saw them out there every day. Yeah. Because, you know, it's easy and it's easy to see them in Animal Kingdom. But as soon as I noticed them at Animal Kingdom, I noticed them everywhere at oh, the really? resorts, at the other parks. Like, you, it's so easy to overlook them, right? <laughs> They're wearing yeah. tan clothes and hats and they just are very quiet and a lot of them are working solo and they have their little pargos and they're just easy to miss or overlook if you will Mm -hmm. because they're they're not somebody that you would be interacting with like the person that you're ordering food from or that's putting you on an attraction right so they're easy to miss but yeah once i saw them working at animal kingdom i feel like i saw them working everywhere and it is their job is so fascinating i mean just the drip irrigation alone like how you know go to a golf course and they're just spraying water over the lawn and hoping the lawn doesn't die you know yeah they have like this this particular plant needs you know, 10 cc's of water every 12 hours and they've got it so that it drips, you know, two drops every minute. Like just to me, that is mind boggling because if you do that for one plant and then you multiply it by all the different kinds of plants, all the different species of plants they have across animal kingdom in the trees and all of that stuff. I, it just blows my mind. I even look at all the plants that are inside living with the land that they Mm -hmm. have to do. Right. And technically, so that was one, one of the things we were talking about before we started recording was I had to actually look up because the living with the land people, those are agricultural. Oh, Okay. Yeah. So, even the ones that, <laughs> but even the ones that do the Mickey shaped tree in there, I think that is. Oh gosh, I do think that that one was still considered agricultural, right. well, but there was, but possibly not. That one might be the top. That one might the be the one. the people that do like the topiary, the the topiary gardeners. All right. Edit this. Edit this part out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But no, that's a, no, that's a, again, like, because they, I'm sure that they interact frequently. Right. The agricultural cast members and the horticulture cast members, because they're, they're, they're going to be using a lot of the same products. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I didn't mean to go off on a whole thing about drip irrigation, but. No, I think that's cool. (laughs) Because there are, I mean, there are sprinklers on property. You know, it's not like they're drip irrigating every single plant on the whole Walt Disney World property. That would be insane. But, you know, I was doing some just like brief reading and discovered that they, the the kind of like basic number out there is 4,200 acres of landscaped gardens, which that they maintain every day. So when you think about that, and then 
the arborist. I mean, I think we've all heard that the story about the tree, the tree that's in uh, Liberty Square was not grown there. They pulled it from some other area of property and replanted it there. Mm -hmm. And the guy that came up with the process of doing that, like, I mean, it's a full grown tree. It had never been done like successfully. And so if you just think about, and at Disneyland, even like they still have orange trees in the park. So like you could be in the park one day and the orange trees are in bloom and they have all the oranges on them. Like that's the, and they've, it used to be an orange grove and they're still there and they're still maintaining them. So that's crazy. Yeah. Shout out gardeners and horticulture what? people. <laughs> I see the, you know, like in, in Disney wouldn't be what it is without them. No, not at all. I mean, just think about the flower and garden festival. Oh my gosh. Like, there's a whole festival dedicated, basically, to the horticulture artists and landscape architects, like. <laughs> right. And, yeah. So, hey, when you're out at the parks or resorts next time and you see a guy walking by himself with gloves on that are full of dirt and he's wearing a tan uniform, walk up and say hi and tell him you appreciate his beautiful plants. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a really good one. That'd be cool to follow. I'd love to see how they get the ideas. Like, how do they decide what they do, especially for, like, flower and garden? How do they decide what yeah. flowers they use to create Miss Piggy? Or Yeah, because if you think about, too, like, the a lot of the flower beds and things, like, they're flat. So, and I know, like, people go to college for this and you learn this at college. Like you don't put these two flowers next to each other because this one needs shade and this one needs sun and this one needs a lot of water. And this one, you know, like there's right. like all that kind of stuff, but yeah, I think it would be interesting just to get in there and like watch them do what they do. Yeah. Cause be I, really cool. I successfully murdered an owl plant, which is supposed to be indestructible. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, did you know that uh, if you have, what are those little things called succulents? Did you know succulents yeah. aren't supposed to be watered every day like a normal plant? <laughs> I didn't. Did you find out the hard way? I did. I actually tried taking care of a succulent by watering it every day, only for it to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good at animals, not plants. Right. <laughs> okay, what's your next one? I want to follow an Imagineer. What kind? Oh, I don't care. Um, I think I would start with an attraction for a park. Like, let's look at Pandora, for example. Like, let me follow Joe Rody for a day, for a week. But... Like, how do you get the idea? How do they sit down? I mean, I know, okay, so there's movies, and I know there's, like, storyboards for movies, and, um, you know, we come up with the idea, we do the storyboard. Is that what they do for, say, Pandora? Do they do a storyboard, and then where do they get the ideas? And, yes, Pandora is kind of a bad example because it's based off of a movie, but 
just where you get your ideas, where you, what do you, who do you talk to? Who do you hire for the job? How many people do you sit and listen to? Do you, like, where in your basement do you find the room to create this, like, tenth of a scale model of what you want to do? Or look at Moana's journey into water. These Imagineers that are working, supposedly, quote unquote, <laughs> working on this idea, right? We have no proof still. But, like, that's a perfect one. Moana is an awesome movie, even though we all know that she's really dead the whole movie and it's all just her imagination. But, um, anyway. Conspiracy theories. <laughs> Conspiracy theory. But where they got the idea to say, let's, let's figure out how to make water really come to life. Let's bring this movie to life. Where do we start? Who do we talk to? What do we do? How do we come up with this? How do we make this a reality? And then they have to create a small version of it. But I would love to follow just any of the Imagineers. Uh, any of them. Just to see the process from start to finish. Just, yeah. I mean, and not necessarily the whole finished product. Because obviously, I mean, yeah, definitely the finished product. But from, do you wake up? I mean, I guess they do. Look at the whole Soren idea where he built it out of an erector set. Um, but do they just wake up one day and say, I got it. This is what we're going to do. Or do they wake up, build it, bring it into work like a fourth grade school project and say, look at what I created. <laughs> look at my shoebox model. And then go from there. Like, what's the thinking behind it? How does it start? I think that's something that happened. That's, they covered pretty well, a little bit anyway, in the behind the attraction show. It, it is a lot of trial and error and that's not going to work or we need the ride to last five minutes and this is only three minutes or this is too long. We need to cut a scene or how are you going to, you know, like Splash Mountain, like, how can we get people down the flume without soaking them in winter? Yeah. And yeah, anytime there's an art involved, it's easy to see the major steps that led to the finished project, but there is a lot of no's and failures and <laughs> this this part is good but this part sucks you know in the in the background like right. in the seams that nobody sees yeah so you kind of want to see all the you want to see the the mud <laughs> how the hot dog is all. made <laughs> i do yeah i think it'd be really cool to follow so you're interested in the concept part Yes. Not necessarily the actually boots on the ground, like rock work. <laughs> no, not actually. No, not actually the rock work. I want to see the before it starts the rock work. You know, it's, I mean, Moana is the perfect example of it. Yes, it obviously came from a movie. So maybe Moana is a bad example, but I don't know. Well, they've all come from a I, movie I, now. They've been created an original much. attraction and 
Yeah. <laughs> right. That's uh, so what I was trying to think of. But even, I guess, I mean, even look at back in the day, because it technically is imaginary, but coming up with the idea for Carousel of Progress, like that's not from anything, or Spaceship Earth. How, where did yeah. that come from? Where, where, who's the guy that sat down and said, and I know who came up with the idea for Carousel of Progress, that's not what I mean, but... Like, how do you sit down and say, how do you sit down and say, I'm going to, let's start, let's create burning wood and let's make that a thing. But I don't know. I think it would be really cool to follow the whole process. Have to get into the mind of a Imagineer. And then, you know, where do I put my Mickey head on this attraction now? <laughs> <laughs> These are the important questions. These are the important <laughs> questions. Okay. I can tell you that I'm going to kick myself for not saying one. What? No, go ahead. Never mind. Oh, no, I was just going to say I think a lot of people would echo that. Do you feel like you're a creative person? I try to be. Can you come up with things just out of your head from nothing? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I have... It's it's kind of impossible to explain to somebody how to be creative. <laughs> right. But I do think it would be interesting to see... I mean, I come up with stuff out of my head. And it, it I don't... It, it could be 10 different things that I saw and I just put them together somehow. Right. But Joe Rody had this awesome, since you said Joe Rody. Love Joe. And I'm fairly convinced that he left the company because they're going to ruin his park. But Ew. he had this really awesome Instagram post a while back about how creative people see everything as a raw material, including supposedly finished works, which very much describes Walt Disney. Like mm -hmm. he even said this park will never be done. He, a finished work is just a piece of a new thing that's going to come down the line. And I, I've, I've never felt so seen in my life <laughs> when I was reading that. I actually saved the post and I'll, I'll share the link in the show notes because I have photos that I took, you know, six, seven years ago. They're fine. They've been edited. They look fine. And yet I have this compulsion in me to go back into those photos and edit them again. Like, just do a little bit more tweak this, you know, make that green just a touch greener or yeah. a touch more yellow. Like I can't leave it alone. And he, it really is. It, it's like, it's just in, it's just in you. Like it's not, some people will be like, Oh, I'm done with that. And I'm done with it. And I'm walking away from it. And they never think about it again and it's done and that's it. But like, yeah, I will 
tanker with something for like ever. I just can't not do it. And I just, (laughs) so when I was reading him saying that, and he just accepts it about himself, like this is totally normal. And I'm like, I need, I need to, I need to just accept that about myself. It's totally normal. This is how we are. Everything is a raw material. So I thought that was really cool. So that's just like a little insight to, to those thought processes, I guess. But cool. Okay. So my next one, this is the one I thought that you might have on your, on yours. And it is holiday services. Oh, that is a good one. <laughs> oh, like the overnight crew. Yes. The overnight, the overnight oh, crew. I forgot about them. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I would love to. I mean, it does not necessarily have to even be the overnight crew. I, I think I would just really love to go in the building and see how they maintained everything and how they track where everything is and how they decide what process they're going to use to start decorating. Like how do they decide the first we need to do this, then we need to do that. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be at Walt Disney world because I would love to see them I mean, they do this on Disney Cruise Line, too. You know, overnight, all of a sudden it's Christmas <laughs> the next oh, day. Oh, yeah. I saw just when I did the one uh, cruise tour, The I mean, it wasn't the holiday overnight crew, but just the overnight of changing, fr- changing guests from one sailing to the next. Yeah. It's insane. So add on some more people to do the holiday stuff that is pretty crazy because they i mean they have it down to a science like minute by minute basically so i think that's super interesting and i'm i'm not a hundred percent sure but i think holiday services also is at least partially responsible for the changeover of haunted mansion to the nightmare before Christmas overlay at Disneyland. And I would love to see that. Yeah. And I know they do close down the ride. Like it's not, it's not an overnight thing, but it is, you know, they, they do it over a period of time, but I would, I would be so curious to see them do that. But yeah, like pretty much anything from holiday services, I would love to follow like a manager or someone around and just see the process and how they have everything stored and how they time everything to get put out and all that stuff. I think it would be so cool. Yeah, that would be really cool to see. Yeah, that's the one I thought you would for sure have on your list. Yeah. I mean, just putting the Christmas trees up overnight some of them are massive yeah (laughs) do you have any more because i did take one of yours didn't i do you have one more on your list yes okay so the last thing i have on my list is more of a 
something I would want to do, not necessarily someone I would want to follow. I mean, I would want to follow them, but I actually would really love to do it. So I don't know if that counts or not. But we can save it for our roles we want to do day. No, you can say what it is. I want to be a 50s primetime server. I want to yell at kids because I get paid to yell at them for them putting their elbows on the table and not finishing their food. <laughs> and make them stand in the corner and say I'm a little teapot because they didn't eat their vegetables. We don't want to get paid to be a mom. <laughs> I think that's the best job. <laughs> But that that was yeah, like, that I was bet, my I bet there's I like had, a cool training no. like manual for that. Like all the little jokes and things. Right? No, like do they do they have to go to like etiquette class to learn what proper etiquette at a restaurant is? To then be able to yell at people for not following proper etiquette? I yeah, I don't know. Because people don't just know that anymore, you know. So I have to imagine that there's some kind of... Right. Yeah, like training manual or PDF or something like that. Yeah, the training would be intense for that. That'd be really cool. Good one. Yes. Like I said, that was, that was my fun one. What about you? Do you have any other ones? My very last one is my only non-park one. Ooh, I'm intrigued. So I would love to follow around specifically Rebecca Klein, who is the director of the Walt Disney Archives, because I, I have, I know, <laughs> so many questions. And I just would love to see their catalog and like, how they manage all of their assets and how they decide who can actually handle pieces of the archive and who, you know, who can't. And I mean, they've got to have stuff in there that's like super delicate. That's like, you know, break glass in case of emergency kind of like, yes. you know, and, and how are they preserving it? as far as like digitally, like how are they, because they have like props, right? So you need somebody to go in there and photograph those props. And so that you have a photograph of it, should something happen to the actual prop? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, and I'm, there's stuff in there that people probably haven't seen before you know it was a background in a movie and nobody's ever seen it since and it almost got thrown away I mean this whole thing exists because Dave Smith was like noticing people were just like throwing things away and he was like we should probably not do that right <laughs> so and how do they decide what goes in the archive and what can get released to the public through auctions say... and sales and things like that John Stamos's backyard <laughs> with his Walt Disney sign or Disneyland sign, excuse me, or his Dumbo elephant that he has. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because obviously you can't keep every single thing, right? So they, 
Right. I'm, I would be curious to know, like, what is the criteria that you use to determine if this thing needs to stay as part of the archive versus it can be sold to the public? Mm-hmm. So that I think, and of all of them, I think that's the one I would want to do the most. And to me, that is like the most fascinating because now you're talking about a company that basically goes back, I mean, at this point, 100 years Mm-hmm. so yeah and and we even talked about like in one of our other episodes about how you could buy cells like those are cells from the movie like those are from the you know they're they're not saving every single one of those they do release those to get sold so right yeah Okay, so what is if you could go in the archive and you, she would she would show you anything, anything you wanted to see? What is the thing that you would want to see? You could only pick one. One thing in the archive. Ooh, it's putting me on the spot. <laughs> the Hannah Montana. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am gonna drive there and slap you. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't. Um, oof. I don't even it's know. It's impossible, right? There's so many things. It's so <laughs> impossible. I feel like I would want to see something from Mary Poppins. Yeah. Honestly, I, I mean, I couldn't pick something specific, but I would say pick any of them. But something park related. So this is just a broad spectrum and it might not even be in the archives. I honestly don't know. But like the Walt or the Mickey hand with the 2000 above the Epcot ball, is that in there? Or do you know, like something specific that was only in the park for a short amount of time? Mm. I would want to see something like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be that 2000 thing, but something park specific. Like the the walk around Mr. Toad costume that yeah. I just discovered was a thing. They had a walk around Mr. Toad and I'm like, why what? do we not have this? <laughs> yes. I saw a photo uh I'm there's two groups. There's one called Vintage Disneyland and there's one called Vintage Walt Disney World. And somebody posted <laughs> a photo of themselves with him in the vintage Disneyland and I was like excuse me (laughs) there's Mm. a walk around toad I mean you know that's like old school like from the 70s or whatever he's I don't think they have one now at all but yeah or figment or the dream maker and figment That'd be a good one. Yes. The Figment dream puppet. finder, like his little dream finder, dream finder flying thing contraption yes. thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's too many. So, you know, the side note, you know, the Walt Disney archives in California, you know, the only way to get into them to see what is in the Walt Disney archives. Did you know you, you can actually go into the Walt Disney archives in California? Yes, because I did it, <laughs> sort of. No, 
but now there's only one way to do it. The, you have the to tour the you have to adventures be on by adventures Disney by thing. Disney. Yes, it is the only way to be able to go into the Walt Disney Archives now. It's next on the list, just because I want to go to the archives. <laughs> Actually, I think James would really like it. I, I'm raising, I'm raising this kid to be a Disney a Disney nut. He he schools me on a lot of Disney stuff. Well, that tour goes to. You can see Walt's office. It goes into Imagineering. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But if you do, there's two. There's a short one, like an escape, and then there's a longer, a six day tour. And the six day takes you to um, Jim Henson Studios, also. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yes. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, that's like very high on my list. Of things that I want to do. Let's leave the husband behind and go to Cali and do this. I mean, I'm not against it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I got to go into the studios lot when I was a cast member and I went in the building. And I don't know that they actually had archives in that building, but there it was like the desk, you know, like a reception desk in there. And then there was like a whole huge, like walled off door kind of thing behind them. Mm -hmm. And it, it was like there was a desk there for the archives. So, but anyway, when you walk in that door, when you walk into the building, they just had a the multi-plane camera, like one of the multi-plane cameras. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> is this, can this be out? <laughs> right. Shouldn't we put this somewhere, you know? But it was so cool. It's, like, freaking huge. It's, like, the size of a room, you know? It's just. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It was, like, the coolest thing ever. Of course, it was, you know, 2002, so, or 2003, yeah. I think it was 2003, actually, and it wasn't, like, the time of Pixar, it didn't happen, <laughs> so do I have a picture? No, I only have the picture in my head, <laughs> but. It's the only picture you need. Yeah, you get to go, you get to go in into that studios lot when you do that tour, yeah. Oh gosh, we were walking through the office buildings. Like I That's saw Jerry cool. Bruckheimer's office. I was like super tempted to steal a pen off of it, but I didn't. I was just gonna ask you, <laughs> you stole a pen. <laughs> I was like, one of his pens. I could steal a pen, but I'm totally not going to because I'm not that person. No. <laughs> but get fired yeah. from the Disney company for taking a thick pen off his desk. Hard ground there for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I want to know, and I'm sure Katie wants to know. Yes, I do. What are some of the rules that you would be interested to follow for a day? Like, what are you curious about and you want to kind of see the behind the scenes and how it all goes, how it all works? Because we had, like, wildly different <laughs> different choices, which is cool. 
It's awesome because yeah. there's so many options available. So yeah, tell us in the group who you would want to follow for a day. And as a bonus, if you could go in the Walt Disney archives and see anything, what would you want to see? I want to know that too. Cause yeah, I want to know if somebody could be specific. Okay. Where, yeah. where are my specific people? Because I almost can't, I, I think, you know what it, you know what, and I've seen it before because I've spoken about it on here, but it has to be in the archives. At least I hope it is. They used to have the cell progression of Aurora's dress changing from blue to pink back to blue on the wall yeah. in the animation tour at the MGM studio. They got to have that in the archive. I would love to see that again. And you would like, have to. Actually touch it. And then I would do shots of tequila with Becky Klein until she packed, passed out, but and I wouldn't would do take tequila. And then I would, <laughs> and then I would take those cells. <laughs> no, I would not do any of those things. I would love, there has to be a list somewhere, you know, I mean, I would love to just see what's on there. They are going to be doing a special for the 100, uh, basically, anniversary of the company, a special archives exhibit in, I want to say, Philadelphia. Oh. Uh, I did, I do have it in a blog post on the website, so I'll double check and make sure, but coming up in... 2023 next year um and i think it's it's going to be there for a while but it is presented by the walt disney archives and it's for the 100th anniversary of the company so you know it's like a mixture of things like they're going to have costumes and jewels and like accessories and art and you know i mean if you think about everything from the movies to the parks how many different kinds of things they could have to show you but yeah, yeah. so anybody that's going to be around philadelphia next year you look that up and go check it out and i i will I'll post the link in the show notes so you guys i would love to go see it i i was i i keep seeing these exhibits you know when I was when I was writing the blog post about all the exhibits that were going to be around this year and I, I was so sad I I would have loved to fly out to San Francisco to see the World War II the Disney World War II exhibit they had at the Walt Disney Family Museum I did buy the mm-hmm. brochure like the pamphlet because they made like a book to go with the exhibit so I do have that but oh, I'd love to see it in person so cool but i feel a road trip coming up in the fisher family (laughs) yeah because that's not too far from you guys you can easily do that for like a weekend or something yeah absolutely i think james would love that yeah it looks like it's going to be really cool so yeah um okay well with that we're going to pull up to our stop Pop over to the Facebook group, guys, and let us know what roles you'd like to follow for a day, what you could see at the Walt Disney Archives if you had a chance. And with that, we will say see you real soon. Bye, everybody. 
That was fun. James James joined the podcast at the end. He's been sitting here listening with you. Oh, really? Hey, James. You can say hi now. Hi. <laughs> That's a wrap on this episode. Thanks so much for riding the red line with us. Thanks to my guest, Katie Fisher from Pictures and Postcards Travel. If you are heading to the Disney parks or looking at booking a Disney cruise or Adventures by Disney experience, Katie can help you get the best prices and discounts along with custom planning and itineraries all at no cost to you. You can find her online at picturesandpostcardstravel.com or email her directly at kfisher at nyaaa.com. Now that you've had a listen, we invite you to join our Maine and Magic Friends community on Facebook to share your thoughts about the episode. You're welcome to pop in to share an idea, story, or photo and connect with other Disney fans. You can also ask questions, get and give advice, post updates from the parks, and just have fun. Head to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Maine and Magic to join. If you've got a comment or a question, you can email me at mainandmagic at gmail.com or use the contact form on our website. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to share it out on social media and pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thank you so much for listening. And of course, in the Disney tradition around here, we don't like to say goodbye. So we say see you real soon. Bye.